Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. It's so great to be with you. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist, author, and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. Our conversation here is about what matters most in our life, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. A couple of announcements. Um, all psychotherapists, mental health practitioners, life coaches, please join me. The Essential of Awareness Integration Theory course is coming up June 24th and 26th. Um, and uh, space is very limited. So I'd love to share this with you. So email me at fujanzain at gmail.com or go to awarenessintegration.com and um, send me a note and I can sign you up. I'm excited to speak with uh, Rachel McLeod. She's a licensed social worker, licensed clinical social worker, a mental health therapist and an emotional wellness. Through years of successfully helping clients move their anxiety, depression, and trauma disorder into remission, she has developed a program that empowers people to skillfully get rid of symptoms and heal. She's also the facilitator of the Facebook group called Releasing the Baggage of Anxiety, Depression, and Traumatic Stress. She delivers a lot of free training on leading interventions that work well for getting rid of symptoms, not just coping or managing them, but getting rid of them. Her mission is to empower people to do their work, do their own healing, and do it effectively, safely, and skillfully. We have an amazing conversation together, so I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Subscribe to my podcast, my YouTube channel, connect with me through my website, fujanzain.com. I'd love to hear from you, the topics you want me to talk about, the things you want to share with me. I'd love to hear from you. Here it is with Rachel. Rachel McLeod, everyone. It is so nice to have you. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Where are you, by the way? I'm in California. I'm in Oregon. Oh, same time. Yep. Oh, I love Oregon. It's beautiful. Me too. I, it, especially, in, especially in the summer. That's really what I'm here for, the summer. Beautiful. Listen, Everyone, Rachel, <clears throat> obviously is a mental health therapist, emotional wellness. Um, you have uh, developed uh, a program uh, that reduces anxiety and depression and you know, works through trauma. I created a, a therapy modality, um, it's called awareness integration, which when we did a lot of the research, it showed also that brought anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, so I'm so interested, obviously, in, in this field and what we do. And, um, and I love the way that each one of us comes from a different angle, you know, to look at yes. things. And uh, so please share your angle and what you do and how you came up with um, working through all these years with people. And um, something you said before we started is, you know, a lot of people work with the frontal lobe of the brain um, in order to obviously like calm down, you know, the thought process, but you're also interested in all aspects of the brain and the body. Yeah, I, you know, 
I became started doing this because I had a raging mental health disorder, I had a, several crises in my life, and um, I was a therapist. And so I took all the trainings, and here I am. I can't help myself. I'm failing at helping clients. I quit because I don't like to be bad at things. And um, and I had another mental health crisis. And I happened upon this woman who handed me my first intervention that was very different than what I'd learned in school. And it was emotional freedom techniques, right? So we're tapping on different points. She said, try this, it will change your life. I had um, anxiety racing thoughts at night, could not sleep. And I was becoming more and more anxious about not sleeping. And so I tried that intervention on that. And I tapped for one round. I yawned. I tapped the second round, fell right to sleep. No choice. I didn't even make a choice. I woke up the next morning and I was like, like, holy cow, like that worked. What else can I try this on? And so I went off to resolve the symptoms that it was showing up. I had obsessive compulsive disorder. That was my diagnosis. But later I would uncover that I had all this complex childhood trauma. And so I just really was my first project. And so, and so I was really, and then I wanted to know, can I help other people with this? So I started to do that. And, um, but people still were having, they would like, we would resolve whatever issue they had, but they still have a disorder. And I'm like, well, this stinks. What can we, you know, this is not right. So um, what else can we do here? So I started to go after the whole disorder, not something I was trained to do, but by this time I had picked up EMDR and thought-filled therapy. And, um, and so I was, so I just went after it and I started getting much better results. And then I started taking some neuro interpersonal neurobiology trainings. So I was learning how the brain healed itself and how, um, and just brain function. And I was like, oh, that's why I'm getting all these results, you know? And so I got rid of everything that was not helping the brain heal itself. If it was not going to help the brain in its natural healing process, I was, I am not interested in it. And so I really slimmed down to just doing that. And so um, how it works is we'll have situations that happen in our life that some of that is really um, painful, right? Um, the positive emotions that run through us, they just run through our system to the front of the brain. And then that part of the brain makes sense of them. And then there's all this communication and new ways of being are created. But the negative emotions that we have can really register in the brain as pain, activating the pain neurons. And then that sets the survival system off like we're in danger. And so it goes into a state of fight, flight, freeze, or faint, which shuts down the healing process. So all these negative emotions have such a hard time making it to the front of the brain where they can be processed and integrated. And, and the brain can learn from them and say, oh, that's why this and that and so okay let's let's make a new way of being for that and so because this all this negative emotion is not making it through it's just backing up in our system so we'll show up in our body um, nausea racing heart um, uh, tingling in your arms and legs like it'll show up places um, and get stuck there or it's not really stuck because as anytime it's activated it's trying to make its way through and the survival system this thing will repeat for a lifetime if it's not interrupted. And so I just really, what I do is really help the brain really respond to that pain in a different way. You know, these interventions are desensitizing. So when we desensitize these, the negative emotion that we're experiencing, then it's not registering as pain or as much pain. And then the survival system isn't reacting. And then we, this symptom, these interventions are in the survival system's native language. 
the that language is the body the survival systems pain just its job is to keep our body alive and so it's listening to the body and so we're using the body to send messages to that part of the brain that we're safe we can let this healing happen and now all of a sudden after decades all this negative emotion is finally making its way to the front of the brain uh, light bulbs are going off people are saying oh and having these epiphanies and they're healing and these, the panic attacks are stopping. Um, the, the root causes of why the panic attacks are there are resolving. Um, people are growing in their ability to have, to have intimate connection with people. Um, gosh, so many things. We're resolving um, generalized anxiety disorder and even complex PTSD. And people are really getting their lives back and not having these symptoms compromise aspects of their lives, areas of their lives. They're getting function back in all these areas of their life just because their brain, their body, their mind, their heart is able to finally do the work it was really trying to do in the first place, but it didn't have the support to do so. So that's really, that's what I do. And that's what my eight week program is about is these interventions are there. I teach people EFT, thought field therapy, energy medicine, and EMDR at a very, um, very strategically, and I send them on little healing missions. And so it's, it's one thing to know the interventions, it's another thing to know what to do with your, with your symptoms, with your stressors, with, with what's happening in your life to get the outcome of resolving a disorder. And that's really what my program is for. Um, you can learn EFT and tapping off the internet. You know, you can, I, it's on my, I send these out to people on my email list, uh, training videos, try this intervention, try this one. And, you know, with those, you can really do a lot of healing work, but you'll probably find what I found is that even though life's getting better, you still have this underlying disorder. And, so that's really what my eight-week program is all about, is doing each layer of that work, helping the brain resolve and heal through these different layers, and then also build function. And with function being like, I want to get back to painting, but every time I try to go um, to the, the painting, I'm not a painter. <laughs> every time I try to get to my, my canvas, there we go, that's the word, um, I, my arms are freezing. My, I, I feel like panic, I cannot do it. And so we're restoring that ability and the ability like, hey, I don't wanna yell at my kids anymore. I actually wanna be patient. Then we're building that in. A lot of times, even though people want to do that, their their training and their conditioning is from their childhood and not all the skills they built. This brain work really helps to release them from that and build in the new functions that they want like talking nicely to their children and you know being collaborative anyway that's what I, I do I got trained by Callahan actually uh, oh. Eons, uh in Wonderful. therapy yeah and I got trained by Francine Shapiro on EMDR and it was funny because when I did EMDR I actually tapped a uh, tap on the on the knees and I remember telling Shapiro that I this is what I did and she goes no you gotta do it with the eyes first and I'm like yeah but it's so beautiful because they feel so relaxed when I tap on the knees and I to me every one of these um techniques uh, and interventions have been magical yeah. uh, and, and and like what you say also when you combine them together it collaborative aspect of these where you're working you know with the neural networks of the brain and the body and and together they come in and kind of like release a lot of this stuff and a lot of what you're talking about as I've also worked with it is that it's a releasing mechanism where something comes in and you know gets stuck and like what you shared if somebody gets startled they, they get stuck in it 
And then the whole system goes on automatic in, uh, in that stuckness of I'm in danger. And yeah. then the automatic system just shows up. And I don't know if you've had this experience. I'm having a lot of clients who are coming with after COVID uh, panic attacks, like the mm -hmm. whole system has automatically gone into panic. It's not, and they keep saying, Prashant, it's not my thought process. I'm doing well, I'm happy, but my body is reacting to something that I can't even do anything about. And what you're talking about and how to bring the body back into its homeostasis, its natural space, um, a lot of times calms down not only the physical reaction, but also a lot of our automatic thoughts that show up, which yeah. then produces anxiety and depression consistently, or the traumas that have happened childhood or due to anything that has shown up around us, whether it's violence or, you know, yeah. the shootings or the war or, um, you know, anything that happens here and now today, accidents, robberies, anything, um, that the body goes into such a reaction and it just gets stuck in that trauma. And, um, you know, because it wants to save itself all the time, it's not going to let go of that trauma because that trauma holding on to it, it's almost like um, insurance that I'm going to be able to survive the next one and the next one. Yes, I survived mm -hmm. this one, but I'm going to be on alert because if this thing happens again, I'm going to be uh, ready for it. So that kind of... Uh, automatic response gets locked and mm -hmm. um and therefore it keeps repeating itself although it might no longer be necessary it's like you know it, the body can retrieve um, can, can heal itself and then be ready automatically with all that it can for anything that happens again but it it takes it holds on to something and i'm hearing you working from all angles in order for the body to be able to release let go, come into its natural spaces and, um, and kind of like relax yeah. and live on a day-to-day -day basis uh, versus always coming from a survival tactic. Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting there, like from brain function, if you kind of think about these, you know, your survival system, your body, your subconscious mind, your conscious mind as a team, uh, you know, it's kind of like if you were out playing basketball with your team against life, right? Um, all of a sudden the survival system's like, we're going to die. And so it's like not sharing the ball. It's not doing any of this stuff. And the other players are like, Hey, I have information. I can help us. And it's like, no, I got this. And it's like, we're divided and we're never going to be able to, um, have the synergy, right? The, where the, 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 the efforts of the survival system are just not as good if it's separated from the rest of us. And so really when we help the brain really come back into alignment and work together as a team, all this healing happens. And it's really, I don't even think of it as releasing as much as it is, it is in processing, right? Because it's like the, the brain is so smart and the body and everything is so smart that it really chooses what it's going to release. And it chooses what it's going to hold on to or what it's going to upgrade or what it was just a little bit of information lacking to make it awesome, you know, and I think that that concept really helps some people that are dealing with things like grief, you know, when we're like, no, I need this suffering to, because if I don't, I'm going to lose all these memories, 
you know, and it's like, we're not willing to lose the memories. So we're not willing to give it up, give up the suffering. And so we won't do the things that we need to do to heal, or we won't allow these shifts to come together. Even I've had clients that like, will not do the tapping because, or the, the eye movement or whatever it is, because they're terrified that they're going to lose these memories because they'll get released. Right. And so it's like, no, actually you, you, your brain knows it's you. It, it wants to keep these memories as much as you do, but we need to clean the trauma off all the negative, the powerful negative emotion. We need it to go through the brain's healing process so that it becomes something that's integrated with you. Something that's not just shouting and yelling, but actually specific information. Mm -hmm. And I, I really feel like I need to explain, like, I want to explain that because it's like, if it's the same thing as if we walk down a hall and we keep tripping over the same thing, like that is like, you're getting information from your foot that that hurts and Hey, there's something there, but because it can't get to the front of the brain, you're not creating a new way of walking down the hallway. Well, it's, isn't it almost uh, the same analogy of, or the process of eating food? Like you eat the food, it takes the nutrients yes. and then releases the rest of it, what it doesn't need. But if That's a food right. has toxin in it, obviously the whole system starts reacting to the toxin that showed up with the food. And sometimes then it has a, you know, it has an allergic reaction to that. So you can imagine the same like a data or stimulus or, you know, experience that happens to, um, you know, the other organ of our whole system and our brain. Um, it needs, needs to take the nutrients, which is the information, what it can do with it, how it integrates it, how, you know, it stores it in the memory. And then naturally it's supposed to release whatever it's no longer needed. But sometimes, you know, if it's a toxin where something gets triggered by, like you said, the, the pain runs and then says, oh my God, I got to, you know, survive. I got to hold on. I got to, uh, you know, our body inflammates. Then our brain says, oh my God, I got to hold on. And then, you know, you, you allow the toxins to let go. It's, it's, uh, you know, right. right. You hold yeah. I think that's a great analogy. And I think that it, what's cool about that analogy is the brain does work the exact same way the mind body does. And um, that what's toxic for one person is not toxic for another person. Right. And so we really can't judge what is what's a trauma at, at all, except for by seeing how their systems responding to it. Right. And so that's one thing. And the other thing is if if it doesn't get if it stays in the stomach and it doesn't move through the rest of the body, you're going to have problems. Your stomach's going to have a problem. But it's like we really need that to, And that's what happens with some of these memories, some of these experiences, some of these emotions. They just get stuck. They don't get processed. They don't, we don't get to take the information from them. We don't get to eliminate them. Like when they're supposed to come and drop off the delivery of information and leave. And they're not, they're not able to make their drop off. They're not able to deliver. They're not able to leave. And so we're, it's like getting stuck in that stomach part. And just like if that was happening physically, happening emotionally is really, is really dysfunctional. Problematic. I think very important. And I think people um, who are listening or viewing us, if they can also see that the same event might be not traumatic, just kind of like mm -hmm. normal for one person and then excruciatingly painful Absolutely. for another human being, depending on, you know, their background, the way they process things, the way maybe they've seen, you know, sometimes when people have seen atrocious traumas, um, other type of traumas are like, you know, no problem. What's the issue? 
And I've known people who have never seen traumas and they've been pampered. And then something that, you know, usually for another person, it doesn't bother them. It breaks them because it's the first time they've actually faced, um, you know, the whole system breakdown. So it really um, depends on the person and their surrounding and their upbringing and all of that and how much they have the tolerance to handle something or not. So it's important um, for, you know, if, if somebody who's listening to us says, I don't understand why am I so sensitive that things that other people just doesn't bother them. I'm oversensitive and everything bothers me and it holds and it's, well, it's okay. Like trust yourself and trust your body that your body is more sensitive and your brain is more sensitive the same way, you know, somebody might say, now, everybody eats strawberry and everybody loves it. How come my body doesn't take it? Well, right. it's your body doesn't take right. it. It's respected that it doesn't take it well. Right. And I think that, you know, for me, my I'm really looking, and that's this is a difference between me and lots of therapists, is that I am really looking to how is this processed? How is, can they, like most, a lot of therapists, especially talk therapists are like, can you handle this situation? And they help people handle situations. I want to make sure that they can process the information, that their brain, that their, their subconscious mind is, is not showing symptoms, that their survival system is not showing reactions, and that they're actually, it's able they're able to take an experience and move it through their healing pathways or their problem solving share, pathways share what you mean by the word process so people have an understanding of what that means yeah um so um i i want to use I want to use the, let's use the, the food digestion system because the brain has a digestive system, right? So when you are eating things, that's the same thing as you're having experiences, right? And then they go into the stomach and they're, you're, they're trying to get into a place where they can move into the decision-making process, right? And so I want to make sure that stuff goes from your stomach into the moving, the, the, the decision-making process. What am I, what am I going to keep for me? And what am I going to release? What am I going to keep? I need to watch that process happening in your brain. And there are signs and symptoms of that, that the brain is doing that. Um, my mind is blank at the moment. I can't, <laughs> let me keep going. Maybe we'll come back. Um, and then I need to see that, that things are releasing. And what we'll know in, um, I help people with this using interventions after one round of an intervention, I should see the body relaxing. I should see, um, the intensity of the distress reducing, I should see more um, objective thinking instead of the emotional reasoning, um, because we're processing the emotion out of it first. That's really what we're doing. Um, brains typically don't have problems with our problems. We have problems with how we feel about our problems. So once we can help the, we can neutralize the situation, the brain is like the rest of the healing crew can get in there and take it apart and figure it out. But it's kind of like they're, they're kept out by the intensity of the emotional distress. And so once we see that objectivity turning on, it's great. We know this is moving in the right direction, any of these things. And the last thing I should see, which sometimes is the first thing, so it's brains have, I'm looking for one of these four things is that um, there are solutions being generated. That's, that's part of the prefrontal cortex's job is, you know, like the walking down the hall thing. We should have some solutions like, oh, 
maybe we'll walk this way. We'll stay along the hall here, you know, because we're integrating that information. A lot of times the, the first solutions that are created aren't very great, <laughs> but the fact that it's up and running is really awesome because that's a front of the brain activity. We're trying to empower the front of the brain as to live our life, because that's where our values and our morals and our, um, our strategies and our skills are, you know? And so when we know we're in the back of the brain, when it's just emotional, when we're just feeling that raw emotion, we're reactive, that's not where we want to live our life. When we're there, we want to get out of there as fast as possible. And so, and we want to keep those pathways open so that all the information that's coming from us gets to the front of the brain. It's empowering that part of the brain and with information and energy, because emotions are energy, like electrical energy moving through our nervous system and we want it to we want it to fuel and empower our skills our you know all the front of the brain activities and so once we're working with stuff that hasn't made it through yet um, we'll use interventions for that and then we want to see those four things happening and that lets us know that the process is working and a lot of times the brain that once it's up it's like oh i got this move out of my way and the brain is supposed to be doing this stuff by itself anyway Right. And so, um, but sometimes it needs us to repair it. And it's like, I don't have, I haven't had enough practice with this specific issue to help. And so we will walk every piece of that thing through the healing process and make sure it gets through because once it gets through and it's complete, the brain is like, Oh, that was really nice. I bet I could try that. And so, and then we want to give it enough practice that we're actually repairing that that process and that that process is working more and more independently, which is part of healing a disorder. Like, like we don't want to just have to, we're, we need that part to really practice a lot. If, if during childhood, your parents have walked you through that process enough times, it's, you, it's really built that. And so it can really come up until you can, by the time you're an adult, your system is running independently and able to do that. It's when we have these uh, complex traumas, traumas, or, or maybe parents that weren't well, parents who didn't have this done for them, and they could not help us build that that process or get that process up and running. I kind of think of it as where these, uh, as babies, were these unassembled parts, where this, where this little being that our where parents are putting together our nervous system, you know, and we have, and even if they don't put stuff together, right, or they don't, don't put it together at all, all the pieces are in there. We just need to get in there and get those pieces assembled and then get them enough practice. And the next thing you know, they're functioning. These can be things like joy, even, or uh, thinking about yourself. Some people have been programmed against being self-centered and really their first thoughts are to their parents, to their people around them, to all this stuff. And they, they have no awareness of themselves. They're terrified of being selfish. Um, and so, but we need both of those things running. We need really high self-centered skill. You need to know what yourself is doing in life. And we need really high empathy skills, having an awareness of other people. If we're low on one or the other, we need to assemble that. We need to practice it. We need to rehab that and get that up and running so that you can live with these things moving. Your system is doing this for you like it's supposed to be doing. Well, I mean, I'm, like you say, overall, um, you know, a child's reasoning is a lot more emotional based and they're moving um, and they're systematically learning. Like their emotion comes up and based on experience, they get their logic and they move and the capacity of the brain and the frontal cortex keeps getting uh, more and more mature all the way to about age 25. So we kind of go through our impulsive stages of, of, of not making the right decisions and going through the process. Um, a lot of people due to 
maybe traumas, maybe not learning those processes, as you said, um, as far as their parental guidance or what was happening then. Um, use of, you know, drugs and alcohol around the teenage years, a lot of it that, you know, halts that process and, and moving forward. Um, that uh, it's not built to its mm -hmm. maximum capacity in a sense, not that it doesn't have the, the capacity to be built. Sometimes it gets it altered yep. for some reason. And then um, the process of therapy and some of the techniques you're talking about and how you've brought them together, it, um, it allows the, the, the process to be actually built fully and yeah. to be able to go through their emotional process, their thought process, uh, create the decision-making trees and how to go from one piece to another, look at what's yes. the result that is getting created and to have the capacity internally to have that process being done and then uh, for them to also be a part of uh, this, like making the decisions uh, go through the system. So you built the system and then you're also awareingly go through the system in a sense. Yeah, it's like it's there. It's just, it doesn't get, it's, it's like, right? If the survival system's blocking all this specific emotion coming through, um, and sometimes it's lots of emotions, sometimes just one or two or a couple. Um, if it's blocking these, your brain has no, it doesn't, it doesn't have practice with these, right? And so it's like, we really need to get it that it complete the process. A lot of times with like generalized anxiety disorder, it's usually fear. People don't have um, a, a great process for processing fear. And so we want to make it conscious. It's as we have these, this is a subconscious program. <laughs> we want to make it a conscious program where we can work on it and we can practice it. And then pretty soon it will be good enough. The brain is like, I got this and it'll go back into a subconscious program. And now it's functioning much better. And I will tell you, as we grow through life, this thing needs to continue growing. And there are times when it's like, that was a big one. I can't do it. Uh, and you'll notice this after you have these skills, you'll notice this. You'll notice when your brain is saying, mm -mm, nope. And so you just help it along. But by this time, you have the skills to do that. And, and you can help your brain really mature and grow to even process this stuff even better. And so that's so gosh, I love this stuff because this is this is the stuff I had hoped for when I really realized how much how how behind it was, how crappy the subconscious programming I was given was, and how it's like I had all these visions and hopes and dreams for my life, but I was going in the opposite direction and I didn't know how to turn it around. And it's like all of a sudden I'm doing this tapping thing and I'm, you know, I'm stalking other tappers online. What are you doing over there? And, you know, and then I start taking trainings and it's like just the brain figures this out. If the brain can can do go through its process, it will build stuff. There is nothing on the earth that is dedicated to making your life more exactly fit for you and tailored to you than your brain. Like that, it needs to work. We need that part of the brain working, <laughs> right? I mean, that's like the one thing dedicated to you. And if it can't do its work, it can't upgrade your life. Even like, and once I started this stuff, I didn't know how to get from point A to B. 
but my brain did my brain once my brain was like oh all these pieces oh this goes here this goes there okay and like I just my job was just sit and make sure it got all the information I don't know when I'm done tapping with this I'll, maybe I'll go get some help I you know it's just like but it was like all of a sudden I'm just having all these insights all these epiphanies all these this next steps great solutions or solutions I was like mm, I don't know so I keep tapping about that solution next thing I know the solution is awesome and then, so it just really helped me. And this is, I watch it help my clients as well, really start to trust herself again. You know, when your brain doesn't work, you can't trust that thing. And then you don't know what to listen to. You don't know where you're going, but all of a sudden you're seeing it's doing what it needs to do. And you're listening to it and you have this new teammate. And that just helps us relax on a whole nother level as well. And I think that's a, a really big missing ingredient to resolving disorders. I mean, it is the organ responsible for decision making. So when it's not working appropriately or it's foggy or, you know, you, you put something in your system that is, you know, making it foggy. So and it's, it's interesting because one of the issues is, you know, any type of mind altering substances, it's going to take the one organ that is supposed to be clear enough to create a lot of decision making for, for you know, then you're kind of like, you know, uh, smashing it up is as if you know you have a, a TV and you purposely smash it up. So it's, uh, it's how to be with your brain and brain health in, in watching it clean up, process, and move forward. Yeah. Also, I talked about, um, as you were sharing at the beginning, that you're also bringing um, energy um, type of work. And I know EFT has been um like the thought field therapy and uh the tapping techniques have uh you know worked with meridians they started to that that's how Callahan mm -hmm. started it and others that work with releasing the energy for through the you know you're tapping on the meridian um the parts of the end end of the meridians so it works a lot with the energy of the body what um how are you using the energy therapy modalities and yeah yeah, well, I started all of this because, right, I'm, I want to resolve disorders. And then I was like, well, this takes a long time. This takes longer than I think it needs to take. How can I do this faster? How can, because nobody should suffer with this for a long time. This is my theory. Um, and so I started teaching people the, the, the strategies. I started teaching them the EMDR, them the tapping, and then I'd give them homework, right? And so then I've got my process down to two to six months. We, any disorder, it, not everybody likes that pace and needs that pace. So, you know, some people work on it a year, some people a year and a half. They just kind of, it's what they can do right now. Um, but from there, I was like, can we do this faster? <laughs> Which is always, you can't compromise um, depth and like real, um, um, you don't want to start putting duct tape on things. You really want it to be organic health from the inside out um, and to be sustainable and as independent as possible. There are some dependent, like we have some interdependency that we need, but um, but I really want systems to be able to do their own work. So that's what got me into energy medicine. Um, actually, I was going to take training. I was searching the internet for training on past life regression work. I do that. Um, and I'm interested in that because I, I don't know that I believe in past lives, but um, 
I also, but I, I set out to do this because sometimes the brain can't tell you what the problem is. And so um, if you have alternate ways of setting it up to tell you what it, what the problem is, it will like, oh, let me tell you everything, you know? And I was finding that with doing past life regression work, I was able to help people um, resolve symptoms faster and um, uh, really resolve some somatic issues like tension in their neck that they'd had for decades in one session of a past life regression and that was gone. Um, so different things like that. And so I was like, I want to know more, more ways of doing this past life regression work. And in doing this work, past life regression work, I do feel that there are, there has to be something with this. I don't know if it's like Harry Potter, where there's a bowl of memories that we all kind of can pull memories out of. I don't know, or if we actually have multiple past lives, but um, so I'm looking for this and I run into Donna Eden's program, her energy medicine program all the time online. And I'm like, no, I've already read her book and her book is so generous. You kind of think there's nothing else in the world that could possibly be done. She gives you all the interventions of all kinds. And so, but it, I just kept finding it, kept finding it. Every time I'd Google something that would come up, I ended up energy testing it. And it was like, I should take this class. And my energy said, yes. So I signed up. Um, For people who don't know what energy testing is, is the, it's a muscle testing. Which yeah, it's actually asking your muscles to tell you whether they agree or they don't agree. Yes, because the body is interacting with the world around us energetically as well as chemically all the time. And so if you are thinking something that is or interacting with something that's not good for your energy system, it will weaken your muscles for one to two seconds. And then your energy system will um, reorganize and it'll regain strength. And so you can take that little window of time and and test the strength of any muscle. So you can make a statement um, and test it and see how your muscles are responding. Anyway, that's what I did because I like to play with that. Um, and so I take the class and in the very first class, I'm learning all these interventions for like, um, like neurological organization. And um, oh, she says, oh, people who have depression, normally um, their energies aren't crossing over because the right side of the brain is supposed to cross. Um, be communicating with the left side of the body and the left side of the brain to the right side of the body. And so I'm like, hmm, we'll see. So I, I have a whole office full of these people. So I'm going to go test this. So I go and I tell my clients what's going on. And they say, well, sure, let's try it. So we, I test them for it. They fail the test. hundred percent of my depressed clients are homolater were homolaterally organized. So the right side of the body is doing, is communicating with the right side of the brain, the brain. And the right, left side of the brain is communicating with the left side of the body. I just messed that up. But you got it. We got it. Right you got it. You're following me. Right, left, so, left. And so, it was supposed to be right to left and left to yes, left. They're supposed to be crossing, right? Crossing. crossing over. But right before sleep, apparently. And But after traumas, um, we it's a function that helps us go in. It's an energy function that will help us go in and, and go into a healing state, like sleep and things like that. Um, but it's supposed to come back out. And so with, this, with these clients, it was not coming back out. So they were walking around neurologically disorganized. And so I'd teach them the intervention and they're doing it. And next thing you know, they come back and they're, they're doing better. They're just, and it's like, it's, it's not like tapping or EMDR where you do this for this amount of time and you get X result, right? With energy medicine, you do it, but you don't really know. 
and you're like, kind of like, uh, I don't, and I like things to work. I like instant gratification like that. So I just, but I kept going with it. And over time I would see this wellness being created. It was like, it, so energy medicine for me feels like it helps restore the symptom, the, the, um, function. It helps do a lot of restoring work where um, EM, the EMDR tapping um, energy medicine is mostly used for taking out crud and getting rid of it or taking out crud and processing it and keeping the gems. Um, so it's very much, um, and the brain will, from there, it will do its own healing work. Um, and at the end of my process is where I really try to put in a lot of the building functions, even though um, the first part, the brain is going to like, right, if you, if you pull a, a, a sliver out of your, uh, or like something out of your eye, it's going to water for a little while. And then it's going to be like, okay, I can do, I can, I'm restored. I can do what I need to do. Um, that's kind of what these other interventions are for. But this one is like, there's this, this wellness being created. I don't, and I don't know that I even have more words for it, but I, I kept taking the classes and I'd learn more interventions. And I tried them with my clients and it felt like it was helping to do the stuff I would normally do at the end, but we could start it in the beginning. And there it's like, um, again, I, I'm going to use analogy because I think people yeah. get the analogy in that way. My experience with all the energy work has been that uh, it's not cleaning, but it is putting it back together restoration, which yes. is for example, yeah. as if, like if you haven't slept for a while um, when and your energy is depleted and then you know for me I cry when I'm when I haven't slept I'm like I just sit there and cry this is what happens to my body um, and you know people just say go to sleep and it's like well it's not that easy but then it becomes when you actually have a couple of nights of good sleep you just see your energy up it's not like oh my god what happened yes that's what happened it you know it allowed it to restore your body you just wake up energized and this the same thing when you know with energy work where the the you know it's it's off alignment some people do yes. work together and some you know they mm -hmm. put all of these energy vehicles that are in the body into an in tune and when it is then you have vitality you have zest you know, you're, you're awake, you're energized, you want to do things, you want to play. Um, yes. You know, it's like your brain and, and body is happy to be alive. It's not like, do I have to take one more step? No, it's like, I want to take one more step. You know, your thought processes show up as positive because it's the body wants to live like this organism when it is in, in their natural, you know, healthy space, it wants to live and wants yeah. to grow. That's to me what happens with it. Yeah, well, very well said. And for me, interventions really need to prove themselves. They need to prove that they need to prove their value. Otherwise they go sit on the shelf of my <laughs> the interventions that haven't worked yet. Um, but the ones that do, they come forward and I really help clients. I, 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 I do video trainings and I'll put those right where I know that they will be the most impactful in their journey. And so um, that's just wonderful. So they're just, they're learning all the, they're learning how to work with their system, right? These energy systems, the, their, their mind, their subconscious mind, I teach them how to work with their subconscious programming and their survival system and their thoughts and beliefs and gosh, all the things because 
we should know how to operate this thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's ours. It's ours. It and it's going to be with us. Well, it shows up once. I mean, although you know, even if you have another life, it's not this body. So <laughs> Very well once. said. It shows up <laughs> once. So, so just enjoy it and take care of it. Rachel, um, we're kind of getting close to the end. Yeah. Um, anything we haven't said and you really want everybody to know? I think we've covered it. I think we've covered it. Just and just. Oh, I think I'd say this. Um, many people don't know that they're suffering from complex childhood trauma. You know, and um, because they're so high functioning. Uh, I was talking about this recently with a friend of mine, and that was me. I was fine. Like when my adrenals burnt out, my my chiropractor was like, um, so you know, all the stress you're you're under. And I'm like, stress? I'm happy. What are you talking about? <laughs> and meanwhile, my, you know, adrenals are saying something completely different. And, um, but even if we don't have a disorder, this stuff still is really helpful. It, this, this is the same, re, helping the brain resolve symptoms of anxiety, depression, traumatic stress, and getting it through the brain's healing process. That process is the same process that we use for maturing right? That you talked about earlier. That's when our maturation is halted. Um, gosh. And there's, there's some areas of our life that haven't matured since we were five or three or 12 or 20. Right. And, um, and, or even last week. Right. And we can intentionally help our brains take those things and do the maturation work it needs to do with those things. And a lot of times it doesn't take very long. Sometimes it's like five to 20 minutes. And you're noticing a tons of, of transformation. So in my case, I, it was a minute with the first thing I used, the insomnia. It was, it was two rounds of tap of EFT. And I was knocked at done sleeping. And I never had that problem again. And that's the, that's the deal. A lot of these problems, the brain can resolve them, you know, right away. Some of them require more advanced skills. And so, but there's a lot you can do to help yourself. And then if you need more advanced skills, you know, look me up, find somebody, get the support you need. Yeah, my experience with EFT has been, and um, even one of the conversations they usually had when they um, interviewed Callahan had to do with, it's a little bit of more of a temporary uh, releasing mechanism or processing mechanism. And they, they call it temporary as if there is something wrong with it. No, it isn't. Yes. You know, food is temporary. You're going to get hungry three times a day. So what? Have the, have the mechanism to you know, release it three times a day. So they call it as if like, oh, it's a bad thing that it's temporary. No, it isn't. It's wonderful. Right. EMDR, no, EMDR, you know, interconnects the brain neural network and um, it releases uh, some of the traumas and processes them not in a temporary level and in a long lasting level. And sometimes, you know, once for all it yeah. does it. So each one of these techniques that does what it needs to do. And, um, you know, for people, to either do it themselves or to have the capacity to, you know, to, to be with someone else who can be mirrored for them, who can be there in a you know, kind and non-judgmental and loving space, which um, a lot of people need in order to fully allow themselves to just open and go and, you know, take the process. Some people do it beautifully alone and some people really love to do it with other people. And um, so- that's what's great about all of this with the information right. is out there for you if you wanted to do it alone and people are out there for you who are great right. at this and they can be there for you that's right 
Where can people find you, Rachel? Yeah, on my website, rachelmcleod.com. And my name is spelled like Rochelle. So there's extra L's and extra E's in my name. Um, but yeah, I offer my program as a self-study program and also as a, an intensive, the curriculum for my intensive coaching program. And so, yeah, and, and you're right. It really is about finding your own way. Mm-hmm. It really is. But there's some there. We don't have to do it alone. I totally did my work alone. And it was it took me a long time. It took me a lot longer than what I help clients do now. But when you're build, when you're building it yourself, the, the you know, building the wheel, rebuilding the wheel yourself, it, it you know, it takes a little bit longer. But sometimes you can come up beside people that can give you enough independence that you're doing it yourself, but you have a little bit of, you have the guidance or the steps outlined. I love to do self-help stuff. You know, I wrote the book for self-help the health and all of that. But with all of that said, I just don't think you're going to be able to see the back of your head on your own, even if you have a mirror. Sometimes you got to have two mirrors. Sometimes you have to have another person to say, Fujan, the back of your hair is sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna see it you know you're just not gonna see some of the stuff because you can't like your vision is not gonna be there your awareness it's not gonna get there unless somebody else brings that awareness now sometimes people will have their friends and family and teachers and other people be you know they're they're the second mirror and and look at that and it's wonderful. But, um, but then to me, everybody who's around you, they also have another type of a relationship, like a personal relationship. So sometimes it's easier to have someone who, um, you know, it's, it has a, like a clear listening, completely clear listening for you. So, um, you know, kudos to all of the therapists out there, coaches out there who, yeah. uh, who are there with just open heart and listening and, you know, doing the mirroring plus the interventions that happen. It was a joy talking to you, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's wonderful being here. Um, for everyone who's out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.